छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Rias Hall. And I'm Jennifer Lovely. <laughs> and you may also hear from Max the Cat this evening as he Has seems things. to have a lot of things to say. He really does. He's been talking to us for a while. <laughs> so, Rias, what have you seen lately? Um, lately, I've seen a few things. I saw The Invisible Man. Oh, I... Do you want to see that? I just have not yet. I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you thought it was a little bit more on the thriller end than the horror more end? More a thriller than a horror movie, but it's really good. I watched The Color Out of Space, which I loved. It's crazy. I bought it, it but crazy, I haven't watched it yet. And it's got some weird monstery things done with latex the way God intended. <laughs> and I very much enjoy it. And I think that if you're making a movie where someone goes crazy from an H.P. Lovecraft experience... You know, you should cast. No one has the range <laughs> of Nick Cage. Of Nick Cage, <laughs> you know he can do it. You know that when he goes crazy, people are going to believe he has gone crazy. I really liked it. Um, let's see. I keep resisting watching it because it is very long. It, it is, is very long, but it didn't seem like it was okay. that long. That that makes me feel a little it bit moves more along optimistic. Pretty well once once things start. Uh, let's see. Oh, I also watched a movie on Hulu called Pure, which was about a bunch of girl about purity balls. I actually saw that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? Ago, what did you yes. think of it? I I thought it was pretty funny. I liked it, but in a time where I have seen that story told more complexly, I I liked it well enough. That's how I felt. Um, it's about uh, girls who go to purity balls, and this girl has recently discovered her, rediscovered her father who abandoned her. She was a, a she was child of an affair. An affair, and she. And he went, has another family with a daughter her age. Right, and so he finds his daughter from the affair, and her and the other daughter go to a purity camp. Yeah. Which is a thing that is actually that actually exists. The scariest things about that movie were the things that They're were real. real. Yeah. That they all go to uh, a ball. Father daughter dances. Father daughter dances where the with father the purity gives you a purity ring. Are are really big in my hometown now, and I I it it, it has happened since I've moved away, and I I'm just so uncomfortable. It with, is really uncomfortable. Yeah. That you do you belong to your father until he hands it in the movie. Until it's a you key, belong to your husband. Until he hands the key to your husband, and then you belong to him. And the movie really gets a lot of mileage out of that, yeah. which and really kind of shows you the horror of it a bit. And yeah. I really I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Me too. But like I said, the things that were creeping me out in the movie were entirely the things that were real. That yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, they really have those purity balls. It, this is exactly, yeah. Yeah. 
what's wrong so with I enjoyed this it exactly a lot. what that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot and it was kind of fun and we watched it at random one night in the mm-hmm. middle in the late at night. We're like, oh, let's just choose a movie at random. Okay, we'll watch this. And it was highly worthy of being a movie to watch at random. Jane really liked that movie. Um and she was the mm. reason why I picked it up. Mm. Okay. So. Was there anything else? Uh, I've watched a lot of television. I recently watched a movie which was made because the producer, or maybe, I believe it's the producer, had access to a large mechanical dinosaur like they put in museum displays. Yeah. And so he had to write a movie about it, but I think they only had it for a limited time, so they had to make this movie really quick. And oh my god, was it terrible. What is the name of this uh, movie? Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh my. I've heard mixed things on this movie. (laughs) So Tammy has a boyfriend who is a thug. And she's kind of falling in love with the good boy in school, who's the jock. But the thugs beat the jock to death for messing around with their girl. And a mad scientist puts his brain inside of a T-Rex, which is now in love with her. <laughs> Sorry. And then hijinks <clears throat> ensue, and then the most horrifying thing in the movie happens. And that's the end of the movie, where the giant T-Rex is standing outside of her bedroom window, and she's... No, no. They've taken his brain out of the T-Rex, and it cooked it up to a movie camera so that he can see. And she's like... I love you so much. And then she does a sexy strip tease for the camera for his brain in the bowl. Huh. And then sparks shoot out of it because he's <laughs> like so excited. And the Isn't water this... that the brain is in boils. So is it this is done just in the style of an older movie? Or was this an oh, actual no, older no, this movie? Is an, this is an 80s movie. Okay. In every conceivable way. Okay. I secretly enjoyed it. <laughs> there is no middle ground with this movie. You either nope. are charmed as hell about it, or you're just like, wow, that's definitely a thing that happened. If I had been watching it seriously, if I if I had not been going to be watching Tammy and the T-Rex? Exactly. Seriously. Monty was watching Tammy and the T-Rex. I was on my computer just making comments about it every once in a while, or Monty would say, did you just see what happened? That kind of stuff. It's an enjoyable movie to watch if you're not focused on it if you're focused on it it might be concerning it might let you down a little it bit. might let you down <laughs> but seriously it's just a big stupid silly museum quality animated t-rex <laughs> and sometimes they have somebody with a t-rex a little t-rex hand puppet glove that reaches into the frame from time to time so that you know that the t-rex is real completely real yes exactly um so i have been on just a fucking television bender and i think i might have mentioned a couple of these um earlier but there's a whole bunch of them that i've wrapped up recently all right uh so uh we are still we're halfway through his dark materials which we've started uh jim and tecla on hbo okay uh jim and tecla just finished the first book um, so that she's, you know, yeah, yeah. knows the story and everything. Um, and we're about halfway through it. She's having a hard time because we only watch it on the weekends when we have her. Cause yeah. it's, it's, you're so, not going to watch it without her. Well, no, we're not going to watch it without her, but she also, uh, typically on the weeknights, she doesn't want to watch anything that heavy. 
So yeah. we're kind of watching yeah, like yeah. an episode every two weeks, which is it's nice because it's kind of stretching it out stuff a little to bit. Do at yeah. night, and you don't yeah. want to. Yeah, uh, Jim and I watched The Watchmen, um, mm. which I did not enjoy as much as I, it, it, agreed. Um, it I liked. I liked, like, the second half. I finally got really drawn in towards the second half of the show. But we there's a bunch of stuff we've watched recently where I got, like, immediately hooked. And I didn't with this. But, but I'm also someone who it didn't. It was a slow burn, I felt it, like. It was a slow burn. I, and didn't, I liked it, but I did not think it was the great masterwork that everyone seemed to think A lot of everybody else really did. Yeah. I also have never read the comics, and I did not like the movie. So, you know, this is... This is the one variant of it I have liked, and I also really like that actress because I have literally grown up with her because I mm. watched her on Two Two Seven. She was like the the, hey. the child on that TV show back in the late eighties. Um, so I like. I mean, we've like grown up together. Um, we finished season two of The Terror Infamy, uh, which I really enjoyed. I really liked it too. That was a when he opens that duffel bag and that yeah. ghost yeah. thing is in it, yeah. no thank you. Yes. And it just rolls and out and kind of rolls. Oh, it's awful. It's I really good. I like the a lot. combination of of American culture, of Japanese culture, yeah. and and of the Mexican culture of Luz's family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so respectful to everyone. Oh, and, yeah. and it was creepy and scary and it was really scary just fantastic yeah i liked it um, a lot the one thing that did absolutely gut me was after the end of the movie when they're showing everybody who's involved with the movie and family that they had had that had been in the camps mm-hmm. and pictures of them yeah and you're like realizing how much connection everybody involved with the movie I know. has well, with a really ugly part of our American history. I know. Well, Seattle has a huge Asian yeah. population yep. and a and lot of, and there are, there's a hotel downtown that just has in the lobby, mm-hmm. a giant stack of suitcases and stuff that people left behind mm-hmm. and never came back to get when, after they went to the camps. Yeah. And I've been it, to that museum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, isn't it the Juan Luke or something? The Wayne Luke is Wayne the Luke. Asian museum. Yeah. Yeah, it also is. has the huge internment exhibit. Yeah, um, with it, um, and actually, uh, kind of an interesting aside to that is um, uh, where Jim's family is from in California. After the the Japanese internment was over, um, his mother was actually um, they used it as project housing, so it was actually oh, yeah. government housing after that. And uh, his mom grew up really poor. And his family, her family, actually lived in one of the internment uh, mm-hmm. housing that they used um, because their family was really destitute yeah. when she was little. Yep. Um, anyway, fantastically well done. Really enjoyable. The first and second season are just in very different oh. ways. I'm really excited to see what they do with the next season. I loved the first season just because that is the nightmare. Is it didn't need a monster in it because Mm-mm. what actually happened was so much scarier. Yeah, the cold, the cold, the the cans of food that were lined with lead, so that they're yeah. slowly going insane and they're trapped in this boat that's like the size of this room. And the fact, yeah, and the fact that it's like starting to shift and onto its side, and that they have to tie things to the wall is like it's slowly turning yeah. onto its side. Yeah, it's there's a lot of creepy in season one. 
and in season two. Yep. Uh, and then I watched Hunters, which I'd kind of resisted for quite a long time. I, am res- I have resisted it too because it looks so it, Quentin Tarantino y. It, it is, and it's a little over the top, but there's a lot of things that they handle with. It, it's really funny because um, I actually, when I first started watching it, I was talking with some other friends about it, and I don't think that people younger than, say, us, understand how in the late 70s and the early 80s we were still talking about finding oh yeah Nazis. i remember when they when mangala yeah turned up yeah. yeah and that was something that was really a part of our childhood is mm-hmm. that you still had enough uh world war ii and uh and jewish and and any other you know family that would have been put in within the camps mm-hmm. We're still alive. We've lost so many of them. Pretty much the only people now that are left that had existed in the camps were typically children or infants Yeah, at that time, because we've lost so many of the survivors. Sure, because but it's been so long. It's been so long. But that was something in the 70s and 80s that it was still talked about, that mm-hmm. you could still find people that escaped justice. Yeah. Um, and I think when you when you go past that, when you've lost all of the survivors, that is when the memory really starts to fade about the reality of what it was. Which is an interesting thing that's also kind of brought up in uh, in uh, uh, Infamy, the terror, which is like talking about remembering them and, you know. Well, um, also, even to a different extent, um, Pose, which is about the AIDS, AIDS thing. Yeah. Nowadays, you get AIDS and you have pills that will... Keep extend you, your life, and they're even talking life, about and they don't, curing people at this point. And they have pills that make you so you are not contagious. Yeah, and it's they don't amazing that, to me. You know, they don't remember losing an entire everyone. generation. Yeah, no, they don't. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, we need to we need to remember our history. Um, I I liked it. It there were points that I, there was an actual an episode. Um, called Shalom Motherfucker mm-hmm. that I had to turn it off because it broke my heart. And then and then it went full ridiculous. And I was... When it went full ridiculous with the final episode, I was so sold. Um, All right. part, of, part of my irritation with it, it has Sal Rubinek in it, who I fucking love. I had a crush on him since I like saw him in the Equalizer <laughs> in the late 80s. Um, oh, who's... Um, the actors are really, really good. Part of my irritation was casting Pacino because there are so many older Jewish actors. Like, why do we have to have Al Pacino doing it? But he did a really good job. Um, I because really enjoyed Al Pacino it. is a big name. He is a really big name. Uh, for movies, um, the last two horror movie nights that I have done, we have shown The Invitation and we've shown Black Christmas. I'm um, so sorry I could not come for Black Christmas. I wanted to see it so much and I was so <laughs> excited about it. And I was like, I've got to see this movie. I, I love it so I, much that um, I will happily show okay. it many more times. Okay. Um, I will come over sometime. And, and I'm really happy because it, it holds up to repeat viewing and... It's just it's it's a fun movie and it's a great spiritual uh, successor to to the original. So, you know, if you're out there listening to this and you've seen it be review bombed, um, and what's really really sad is um, Sophia Takal, the director, because it was co-written um, by April Wolf and Sophia Takal. Uh, even um, Blumhouse, like, mm-hmm. he commented, some guy was like, oh, I hate this movie. It's just terrible. Why does it have to have a message? Why can't it just be a good movie? And one of the Blum brothers 
I think it was Jason, commented, oh, I absolutely agree, but go see this other movie of ours. You'll you'll really like it. And I'm like, you know... Those guys are jackasses. Fuck you, dude. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, we can't do women's movies because everybody fucking hates them and they're terrible directors and are they're terrible That's writers. That's just that the loud people hate and them. The loud people hate them. And then, and then after loud people have hated them and torn it down and review bombed it and said how terrible it is and then people don't go see it, then other people fucking hold up these horrible opinions. And I thought it was fucking fantastic. It is PG-13, so it's not overly sexual or overly, but it tells a great story that as a woman, like, you understand what's scary about what's happening. Yeah. Because every single fucking one of us have, has experienced it. Um, a movie that I was incredibly surprised by is um, I saw the anthology movie. I saw Nightmare Cinema. And it is, it's a, it's an anthology movie that came out last year. It is a little all over the place, but what I will say is every segment was good. Oh, that's uh, nice. Every segment was, was enjoyable. Um, it's, uh, Wraparound was a little, it's, um, what is his name? Uh, he was the wrestler. Um, uh, he, uh, he was in Angel Heart. Or, no, not Angel Heart. He was in, um. He's he, Mickey Rourke. Okay, he he's not a wrestler. No, but he was, I know in, who you he mean. was in the movie The Wrestler. Oh yeah, By yeah. Darren okay, Aronofsky. I thought you meant he was a wrestler no. that was in a movie. <laughs> no, um, he was in the movie The Wrestler. Um, he there 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 I think is a step past phoning it in, um, and that's where he lived in this movie. But he is only in this like little minute yeah. uh, wrap around with each of the things, and you know that he went in there for twenty five minutes and, yeah, yeah. and did it really did fast, it. and then went home and um, collected a paycheck and, and collected his goddamn paycheck. <laughs> oh, I watched uh, the anthology XX. What did you think about that? Because I've heard really mixed things on it. I had very mixed feelings on it. I didn't think it was great, but there were some interesting ideas. Yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it wasn't that there's an a couple anthology little shiny that, points, but yeah, there, there were some really low points from what I've gathered that just didn't kind yeah. of land it. There's not a wraparound thing, though. There's just little interstitial animations that are done hmm. in the style of the Quay Brothers. Okay. So that's kind of cool. There, there's nothing connecting them, just short films by women, so... So, my last one, I am not exactly sure who to recommend this movie to. It's kind of fucking ridiculous, but I kind of, I, I was kind of well, sold. it? It was Bliss that just came out this year. Oh, that's the it's new kind of, character. It is. <laughs> she's a tiefling. She's, it is uh, this woman who is an artist. Um, she is young, lives down in LA, goes clubbing all the time. Um, just got dropped by her agent um, because she's just not producing. And then somebody gives her this drug called Bliss and things go wildly out of control. It's kind of vampire, uh, kind of just club scene. It felt, it felt a lot like those weird, arty, vampiric movies that came out in the 90s. Like, it felt very, very... Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, felt, I know what you mean. And it felt like me in the 90s with, like, a little mm -hmm. less... I mean, I definitely didn't have as much drug use, but I definitely met all of those people yeah, in yeah. the 90s. And the music's oh, actually cool. really good, but it's kind of over... The, I mean, it is kind of ridiculous. 
but it's so bloody and so much about her like weird visceral arty gory experience that i was kind of sold i don't know i sent it off to jilly and i'm like i think this might have been made for you mistakenly delivered to my house <laughs> and she's All like right, i'll check it out yeah so i know yeah. i've seen it on is it on I think it's on prime right now yeah it's on or i might prime. have rented it Oh, no, 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 it's a Shutter exclusive. Yeah. So, um, you, Rias, inspired this week's theme because you watched all of the teenagers. I did. I watched Sex Education, which is super fun. I watched Sabrina the Teenage... I watched Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, also super fun. I watched uh, Lock and Key, also I really liked it. But then I was so tired of teenagers. <laughs> oh my god, especially the really good-looking teenagers who all look like they came out of a vat under the WB. Yeah. And they're just genetically engineered to be adorable. Yeah. Mm. I'm tired of your perfection, teenagers. Yeah. You 20-somethings playing you, teenagers. You, 20, you 25-year-old teenagers, go! I desperately wanted all of my movies to be characters at least in their 30s if not more and the thing is i don't necessarily want all of my movies to be that way but sometimes i do but sometimes you just need a damn break (laughs) sometimes and the thing is i've hit a point where if i see movies that are all 30 plus as the as the leads and the primary people holding Mm -hmm. up the story i notice it now because yeah, so much is spoon-fed to teenagers right right teenagers have a lot of money and time yeah so well, but they used to. Sorry, millennials. Yeah. Now, now they just now, now they, they just, just have work. three jobs and are super stressed. Yeah, eating. But yeah. Anyway, if only if only you'd have less avocado toast and inexpensive lattes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just stop. Stop buying coffee every day, and then yeah. you'll have a million dollars. I'm exactly. Like, and no. healthcare, magic healthcare. Yeah, magic healthcare. <laughs> yeah, I hate that nonsense. I'm like. Oh, no. <sighs> So one of the things that I did, and and I'm, you know, your your cho- movie choices might be slightly different, but even if like a child was like a primary factor in it, like I I I said yes to Don't Look Now, but no to The Babadook, because I skipped over some movies like that because we talked about them in the Motherhood Show. Exactly. So, so like I did put Cujo on the list. But it's way down on the list. Yeah, I kind of tried to stay away from anything that that focused on kids or teenagers. I just wanted to kind of focus on and some of the people like me. (laughs) Some of my list is not actual movies, just actors who did a lot of movies when they were older. Hell yeah, it's good enough for me. So I think the one where I, I think the very first movie where I was like, wow, or you know what? It isn't the very first movie. I think the very first movie where I was like, oh my gosh. These are all focusing on on older people that aren't twenty somethings. Is the Changeling uh, with George C. Scott? Oh yeah, um, I think that was one of the one of the first movies where it really hit me that like nobody in this. This is not about children. It's not about teens. This is very. It's in a very adult concept. In a very adult haunting. Yeah, it's a um, really good movie. Yeah, and which then leads um, straight along the George C. Scott train to mm-hmm. uh, The Exorcist Three, which, which is, is also on my list. Yeah. Which is, again, a lot of people I know haven't seen it because it's a sequel and Exorcist Two was not great. Exorcist <laughs> Three makes up for how bad Exorcist Two is. 
You're very right. It's so scary and so creepy, and it absolutely need to see it. It was Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. That is not a piece of information I knew. <laughs> Though I think we were talking about favorite scenes. I think you mentioned it then, too, but I completely I forgot. I did mention it, because it gets mentioned a lot. <laughs> so what's a movie on your list? Um, the Probably the first... I know we did a exploitation episode, but I feel like there is always room to talk about Betty Davis. Yes. Who did several films when she was older that were horror films. Um, most notably is Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which if you haven't seen, you just see it. It's Go watch it right now. and delicious and amazing. Uh, she also did a couple Hammer films. She did a film called The Nanny. Never seen the nanny. Where she's taking care of some children, but one of the children drowns in the bathtub, and it's, did she murder this child? What happened? Who did it? It's it's really good. Um, I'm a big fan of Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which is great. Um, um, and, I, uh, I just want to recommend really, really quick, because I've, I've kind of stopped in the last week, but... Um, I, I get on kicks where I'm either listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. or I'm listening to podcasts. And I've been listening a lot to Switchblade Sisters, which is uh, April Wolf's um, interview where she interviews someone and they discuss a favorite genre film. And they actually did one on Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And she dwells so deeply into mm-hmm. a lot of real yeah. specifics on the movie that it's a really entertaining listen. I would oh, really recommend good. it. Yeah. Um, but she also did a film which was kind of billed as a horror movie called The Anniversary. It's a film she made for Hammer in England, and they tried to package it as a horror movie, but it is the highest of camp. It (laughs) is a very wealthy woman who only has one eye, and she has an eye patch. I love those pictures that I've seen of her with the eye patch. She has an eye patch that matches every one of her fabulous outfits. Oh, so she's got different eye patches. And her sons are coming home for a a family reunion of some sort and she's just horrible to all of them and she's so mean to everybody that but in the most arch hysterical ridiculous way at one point the daughter her daughter-in-law is like oh my god i caught freddie trying on my clothes and she's like Freddie would never try on your clothes. He doesn't wear cheap fabrics. Oh. So it's it's very much like that. Um, And it's super fun. Maybe not a horror film, but build as one. So those are some, like, Betty Davis did a lot of great stuff throughout her life. But some of the stuff she did when she was older is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And then you also get to see, like, just a lifetime of, what what a lifetime of acting Mm -hmm. uh, can carry. And that's definitely... um, a real favorite of mine and probably and 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 this horrifies anybody who's super into werewolf movies because i am not a huge fan of werewolf films it's probably the same one i have late phases yeah i fucking love late phases i think it's just an absolutely well done movie it's an old blind sniper who lives in a retirement community and a werewolf is terrorizing the community community. and And uh, it's it's i mean it's it's not Michi. I mean, who I just fucking love as an actor. It's, it's a big, goofy-looking werewolf suit. It's but you practical. Know what? Yeah, it's so, a practical effect. I like yeah. it. I have no problem with big, goofy-looking werewolf suits. 
as everyone who's ever seen my closet is fully aware. <laughs> yeah, I like late phases because it's a rare example of a movie in which the badass hero is an older man. It's like a 60 or 70 year old man. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it on the last episode. And so I apologize if I did. Did I mention uh, the beautiful, uh, the most be- most beautiful island? No, I've never heard of this. Okay, um, it's it, it does not fit the it doesn't fit this, but I'm only bringing it up because um, I I always notice when uh, Larry Fessenden shows up in films because because you like because I do I joke for a long a time that he's my movie boyfriend. I was watching a film like Day After Tomorrow, and there's just a crowd scene, and Larry Fessenden is in the crowd scene, and I'm like. <laughs> Hey, that's Larry Fessenden I running know, across the world there. And he he makes a bit appearance in late phases as the uh, he sells he he sells him the headstone for his wife, and uh, he makes a bit appearance in Most Beautiful Island. And the Most Beautiful Island is a really short film. I think it's if it's a, a scant eighty minutes, it's nothing. And it's the story of this woman who's a Russian immigrant, and she just can't fucking make ends meet. Um, and uh, she she meets this, I don't remember if she's Russian, but she's anyway, she's from outside of the U.S. and somewhere. And she's just doing everything in her power to, like, try and make rent. There's threatening notes from her roommates right. on the fridge. And a Russian friend of her says, oh, well, you know, I can't go to this event tonight, but you just need to wear a black dress and high heels, show up looking nice. And you just, you know, you go to these parties and you entertain the rich men. Mm-hmm. She goes, you don't have to do anything else. It's just that. Just conversation. And, yes. And so she goes and she steals this dress. Because at this, at this mm-hmm. point, she literally doesn't have anything. Doesn't yeah. have any money. Um, and she gets there. And there's all of these immigrant women. All gorgeous. All standing in their high heels. All standing on numbers chalked on the floor. And Larry Fessenden is one of the guys that's, like, guarding the room. And then mm-hmm. once you're in, you can't fucking leave. And then all of a sudden, the girl who told her she couldn't make it that night is standing in one of the numbers. And it is... It is so fucking stressful. Is it an auction? Are they auctioning them off? Are they murdering them? What is happening? They are auctioning off moments with them of, like... Okay. So they're like they pit them against each other, um, Great. in in terrifying ways. Uh, they they put I don't think it spoils too much, but in the in the where her and the Russian girl are against each other, they um, put them in a glass coffin thing of sorts, or like kind of a box, right, right. a glass and, box, and they an re- aquarium, and they if release you will. yes, in essence, and they release. They describe the lethal spider that they are putting them with them while they are nude, and they have to lay still, and and they pit bids on how long. But the thing is, is these are um, these are spiders that will like either kill you immediately or like start a body like it'll bleed, it'll ruin yeah, yeah, yeah. your flesh. Right. It's like a yeah yeah. Um, and, and it's stuff like that, but they keep, these women keep coming back because like the payout is big and they literally can't make money other ways. You know, it is, that sucks. It is a hard film. Watch that. And it's really good. And it's also on Shudder. Um, Shudder, Shudder. You should completely rent Shudder because Shudder is fucking amazing. It is very, very carefully curated. They are careful about what they put on there because they really, 
It, it's like the old Maltese See, Falcon. I only have Shutter through a, as an adjunct to my Amazon Prime, and so it only has like thirty movies at a time on it. Yeah, it's if you if you do it because um, I have the Roku channel. Right. Uh, the the search feature is better, and it has more yeah. of the movies on it. But renting it through Amazon is very definitely easier. Yeah, and it's easier to cancel it here and there like yeah I've there's times it a few times yeah because it's, like it's not that expensive it's like eight bucks a month it or isn't something. but there are times where i'm like if i'm not if i haven't watched a movie last month then i have to cancel it and then yeah. what i finally did is i just paid i prepaid for a, a year yeah because i'm like oh fuck it i'll figure it out in a yeah. year's time um but what i really liked about the movie and the only reason i'm bringing it up is because i spotted fucking larry fessenden in it and i you always n- notice that little man um but it's weird looking he is he's a funny looking little man and um it is it is about desperation and and the things that we get stuck doing when we don't have other options so it's just but it's really fucking amazing uh, I've just watched a lot. I, the thing is, is I had a couple yeah. years past where I wasn't watching Fasted and now it's like, oh, Fasted in all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if they would only bring him in. But he's such a busy guy. He's producing. He's glass eye picks. He? he does. Good for him. Yeah, he's doing all. He, I, he's had his production company for quite a while. So he's kind of got his finger in a lot of stuff. But I'd love to see him do like the horror movie circuit so I'd actually get to meet him and be stupid. <laughs> I would I would be ridiculous if I ever got to meet him. But anyway, so such a weirdo. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's your next movie? Um, my next movie is The Insidious Movies with Lynn Shay. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's not necessarily the star of the films, but she has this amazing character that appears in all of them and is kind of the thing that brings all the films together. She's like the heart of those movies. She is movies. the heart of those movies. She's the psychic psychic is she psychic mm. she's got some kind of ghost investigatorial demon slaying powers yeah. and she's i love her and her character um, in this is wonderful and i just watched a movie called room to rent that she stars in and produced it's not great <laughs> it doesn't have much of a payoff she, but she's so good in it yeah um it's basically her she's an old lady whose husband dies mysteriously And she takes in a boarder who she then becomes totally obsessed with, this young guy. (laughs) And uh, it's it's not a great movie, but her performance in it is really fun. Because you see her when her husband first dies and she's this little drab, doesn't wear any colors, hunched over old lady. And then, like, the young guy moves in, and suddenly she's in bright color, off-the-shoulder dresses. Yeah. And it's just a delight to watch her journey through the movie. That's awesome. And I just, I really like her as an actress. I'm really looking forward to the next Grudge coming out on, like, because the the Grudge movie that came out this year, uh, coming out in, like, mm, VOD, because I did not hear good things about it, but she's in it. I've only seen the the original Japanese one. Uh, Korean, is it they Korean? just did another one. I, there was. A, I think there's one. I think there. It's there's both versions. I yeah. think there's a Japanese. There's version. a bunch of them. There's yeah, like and six it was or remade in Korea. Yep. But, and yeah. uh, but she's in the one that just came out here in the U.S. Um, and I've I've heard bad things about the movie, but she. I saw a trailer that had a big section of her bit in it, and I'm like, oh, I. 
I Eventually, know. I'm going to watch that. That's why I her. ended up watching uh, <laughs> rent, room, rent, room to Rent. Room to Rent, just because <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's late at night. It's Lin Shay. And come on. She's great. She's great, yeah. Um, a movie that I completely forgot to bring up in the grieving episode is We Are Still Here. Again, another Fessenden movie, because I guess I just can't talk about anything else today. Oh, yeah, he's, he is in he's, that. He's in it, yeah. Uh, he's like the boyfriend That's, who shows up. Yeah, it is a movie that I keep forgetting I've watched, and then I start to watch it, and I'm You're like, like oh, I've oh, seen I have this. watched this before. I, um, I've done you that know, three times now. <laughs> I like that it's it's kind of a, a bad house, mm-hmm. a bit of a bad town, because every once in a while the houses are bad. Yeah. Um, and I like that... Um, it's got Barbara Crampton in it uh, as the grieving she, mother, yeah. uh, and I like I like the practical uh, stuff that they do practical with, effects with, with the ghosts and the burned bodies. up ghost people. Yeah, and it's it's creepy. And um, I am not I'm not a Giallo fan, um, but there's like almost kind of some like non linear kind of Giallo esque storytelling in it here and that, there. Yeah, here but and it's there. not like it is not overflowing with no, no, arty no. storytelling. No. But watching that, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I get why this appeals in a in a grander sense, while still not really digging that mm-hmm. necessarily." And I've got a lot of classic films. Yeah, let's get them. I've got Night of the Living Dead. Oh yes, which has traumatized me for the majority <laughs> of my life because one time when I was about fourteen, I went to the state fair to see jan and dean yes jan and dean and uh after i came home when i got home that night my whole family was asleep in bed and i thought well i went to a concert i'm all grown up i will turn on the tv and then i turned it on there was a black and white movie on and i was like oh black and white movies aren't scary and I never slept again. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in watching things far too young, uh, I'm always going to bring up the thing. Oh yeah, that's yeah. on my list. In fact, because it's a movie about adults doing a yeah, it doesn't have any teenagers or nope. children in it. Kind of in that same vein, you've got uh, the original Alien. Well, m- most of the Alien movies are mostly yeah, most adults, most but, but space science one, fiction horror. Doesn't yeah. have a lot of kids in it. But I mean, there's the, Newt, but that's yeah. later. But with the first Alien, they are. It, it's so adult because, like, they they, right. they it's come out sleep. Stanton. It's, yeah, yeah. But even like the, it's it's so blue collar, and their their worries are you know about getting paid. Yeah, and, and getting it's their fucking working, bonuses. It's working people. It's not. I think a lot of space, a lot of science fiction movie really glamorizes space. Yeah. And uh, this and was it a much about more the punk. working class. Yeah, this was much more punk and realistic. It's like people that work on oil, yeah. on oil derricks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I loved that. I did like that. Uh, cross off late phases. Cross off alien. All right. Well, if we're gonna uh, go with really old, let's go with ghost story. Oh, that's what I was about to. Uh, ghost story doesn't have anybody in it under the age of sixty. <laughs> And that's kind of another thing I miss from our childhood. As somebody who grew up watching, like, The Love Boat in Fantasy uh-huh. Island, where we had this huge array of classic 
old movie stars, stars who couldn't do movies anymore, anymore because they weren't young, but they would get jobs and you'd see them on TV shows. Yeah. The Golden Girls, for example, yeah. is all that. Yeah, it's just actor after actor of like making these bit parts yeah. in there. But yeah, it was Mervyn Douglas. No, Merv- Melvin Douglas. Mel- Melvin Douglas and yeah, Fred Astaire and yeah. In the ghost story, in not ghost necessarily story. in the Golden Girls. <laughs> I don't know what those ladies get up to, but I'm sure it's sassy. Yes. I actually started watching that with Tekla like a year or so ago, but we only watched like the first two episodes, but she loves Sophia. Um, there is a movie that I absolutely love called Lady in a Cage. Came oh, out in the 50s. Olivia de Havilland, isn't it? Olivia de Havilland. And what happens is that she is... Her legs don't work right. I'm not sure she's wheelchair bound, but she had injured herself and was healing. Yeah, but, she's but healing from an a, injury uh, of some sort. Yeah, they put I'm, in an indoor uh, elevator. She for has her. an indoor elevator. It is, as we are told repeatedly, the hottest weekend of the year. Yes. Temperature records are breaking. Her her son, who usually stays home and takes care of her, is out of town. Going away for the weekend. Gone away for the weekend. And so she gets stuck in the elevator above her own living yeah, room. The electricity and goes out. And then a parade of criminals and misfits go through the house and destroy With, uh, everything. James Caan. James Caan's first movie. Oh. He has a bathtub scene, ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it is... Joan Blondell is in it. Oh, yeah. She she's shows up. She's, yeah. like, the blousy old lady yep. that comes in and... And meanwhile, Olivia Haviland is stuck in her elevator, oh, dying just, of thirst and yep. heat, and her heart is... Yes. And she tries to reach the telephone with one of her crutches, but no, she can't reach it. It's no. just out of reach. <laughs> and it's one of those movies. But it's and fantastic. And it is fantastic. I have a movie poster for it. That's, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie so much. So that's, yeah, that's a good movie. It's kind of fits in the hagsploitation genre because yeah. it's an actor that, actress that's past her prime, technically, and that's taking horror films. But it's really pretty well written. It's a good Hitchcock-style suspense film. Um, I'm just going to... There's there's two movies that, that still kind of stay with the 30-plus actors um, that kind of like fit the same vein for me. And that is uh, The Wicker Man mm-hmm. and uh, Kill List. Uh, which has a very oh, yeah, Wicker Man feel uh, to it. It is. So. It's kind of a weird folk horror take on a Hitman movie. Yeah. And it's just, it kind of goes a bunch of different places. And then and it then gives it you gets these... totally crazy at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's fully around need, the bend. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. I've contemplated... Uh, showing it uh, one of these nights and just never have because I it's it's kind of a hard watch. I had to watch it with subtitles on because the accents are really, really strong thick. and it's very whispery. Yeah, yep, it gets really hard. Um, uh, another favorite of mine is uh, the Little Stranger, which we went and saw in the theater. Oh, that one's really good. It is really really. So good. you have movies made in this. Century. <laughs> well, I and one not. of the things that I really liked with the Little Stranger is um, watching his dark materials. Uh, the main woman character is... Oh, that actress? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, great. She's I just saw really, her in really something good. else, too, and I was like... She's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Pontypool. Uh, I still have not seen that. I want to see oh it my so gosh, much. It's so much fun. I know. It's interesting... S- wanting to watch it literally for years, and have oh, just it's never... Oh, so good. So good. And plus, Stephen McCaddy's just a fucking delight. Uh, misery. 
Right. Which I've actually been really... Have you seen the first season of Castle Rock? I've seen maybe an episode or two of it. I kept didn't, falling didn't grab asleep. You? Okay. That the, doesn't mean... It just means I lack devotion. At that point in time. <laughs> it's a good thing I have you on my Shea Lounge. Mm-hmm. As you do the, the forehead. Yeah, yes. oh. Staple forehead. Um... Uh, do, 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 do. Yes, the second season of Castle Rock focuses on the misery tale. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I haven't watched it yet, but I'm really excited to. Uh, session 9, also, they're all Oh, Session men. 9 is another great movie about working class people. Um, it's about a construction crew that are hired to clear the asbestos. Out of an out asylum. Of, out of a closed down asylum. Yeah, and, and there's a, there's a lot of desperation with the guys. So they keep lowering and lowering the bid, and then shortening the n- amount of time that they're going to do right. it. Right, they're in. like, and so yeah, so it's people that are in a really scary location that might be melting down because of pressure, yeah, or might be melting down because or of something ghosts. else or ghosts. Or, yeah, yeah, I, it's a and really it does good everything. Movie, it and it's a little really known well. movie. Yeah, it's not like a super popular one that everybody's seen. No, it's just it's just so yeah. well done, and the, the parts of it that are terrifying are just they really stay with you. There's a couple. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, um, you know, it's so funny because this movie is so intrinsic to my childhood. Um, and it was talked about all the time. And there's all these sequels that I don't think of it being as good a, a, good a movie as it really, really is, is Jaws. And it's, oh, it's right there. It's right there on my list. Because I, of Jim, good old Robert Shaw. Jim loves Jaws. It is Jaws is one an of amazingly his, good movie. It really is. Yeah, and, I've and, watched and, it a million it times. Gets, it almost gets kind of... Uh, how good it is kind of gets erased a little bit because of its like, legend because of its sequels and and that the decreasing quality that you kind of like remember right you remember silliness. jaws 3 the giant shark swimming yeah, through the side of the that aquarium you don't realize how really scary and like how fucked up all the choices are maybe oh, yeah, how jaws it becomes is... just the and then how it becomes three men the water and a shark mm-hmm. um you know, it's kind of yeah. like kind of like with the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, where it's like you forget how really terrifying that mm-hmm. first movie is because you forget because Wiseacre, Freddy Krueger, like takes that away right. in the, in the in the sequels. Yeah, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, um, kind of primarily seventy eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very you know, and even the first there've been like four or five. There's a bazillion of, of them. There's the one so with many. Donald Sutherland is really the creepiest. Yeah. If, but maybe that's I've just been really of wanting my to. Yeah, I really want to give that another watch, especially because it's got um, Leonard Nimoy in it he too. Is. He's a college professor, dude. <laughs> so um, what have you had? Because I pretty much uh, I've got the list. taking of Deborah Logan. That is, see, I kind of left that off because they're all kind of college age students. Yeah, but, the, but she the, is she's so good. Yeah, and it's she's about a, she's a soap opera actress. It is about a woman, Deborah Logan, who's being filmed by a bunch of college students who are doing some research on dementia. Alzheimer's. Early, Alzheimer's. Early onset Alzheimer's. But as the movie goes on, you start to be, you learn a lot more about this woman's past and that the things, the memories that are coming back from her that seem like just crazy babbling might have a basis in truth. 
yep. and it gets really dark and really weird. And, and, and I what I also it. really like is a uh, relationship with her daughter mm-hmm. and like her daughter struggles because her daughter's not young either. Right. And her you daughter is, is the care is a the caregiver, the caregiver and that's so and, hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and you find out about her struggles when she was younger and yeah, it's just a really good relationship and the, the, the scary parts are just creepy mm-hmm. like when they're filming her and then all of a sudden she's gone or they're she's filled they're filming her and then all of a yeah. sudden it switches and she's on the on the counter right and it's just all these things that shouldn't work the way they are and they do Ugh. yeah um it seems to me like it's a lot easier to find movies with older actors in them if you're looking at older movies because we've talked about this at length but the haunting of hill house yeah mostly adults in that film yeah <laughs> Um, and then I just have a list of actors. Yeah. I'm like Vincent Price. Oh, Vincent geez. Price had a career starting in the 40s where he was, maybe in the 30s, where he was a good-looking young leading man. He... Like in Laura, where he plays her fiancé. In Laura, he is like, it is... <laughs> He is luminously beautiful. He is yeah, like uncomfortably he, he is. gorgeous. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and he but, is, and he kept getting those roles. Yeah, of, of young, attractive leading men. But when he had done on stage, he had done character roles, which he loved yeah. so much. And so eventually, when Dragon Wick came up for an auction, he lobbied really hard to get the part. So that he could be the gentleman murderer. Oh, that's amazing. And that changed his career path. And then he was able to get more weird roles like he wanted that were what he that had challenged wanted him to as be. An actor. That challenged him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, his, his daughter showed a home movie that he made when he was in college where he's rescuing a woman from the surf and he's just wearing these little like wearing like swim trunks and oh my god he was so pretty i couldn't look at the screen i'm like oh <laughs> i geez. completely understand she's exactly like, what you're talking about he always played the hero because then he got to kiss the girls afterwards and i'm like the girls got to kiss, kiss him, him lady <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to say that about somebody's dad, dad. yeah no i really want to listen to that biography that that she wrote of him. Yeah, I want to read that. I have not. I meant to pick it up at the Lovecraft Festival, and I just missed out because I had to go catch my. I actually bus. got it on audiobook because I listened to a wonderful interview with her, and she's she, amazing. I love her. She was her. so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But I just haven't listened um, to it yet. Also on my list, Shelley Winters. Shelley Winters. And the end of her career, she did a lot of horror movies. She did the one I'm most thinking of is Who's Who Auntie Rue. Which was so, a exploitation flick that came out later, and I believe it was British. I just, uh, I have to share this because, so, there wasn't a public library in my hometown. So, I just found random, strange-ass books mm-hmm. um, at garage sales. Or at the drugstore on the spinner rack. Yes, which is, is where I bought it. Um, and I also bought Cabal, mm-hmm. which is so weird, because um, they didn't typically have very good books no. on the spinner racks. But those are the two things that I got there at the grocery store and the drugstore. But uh, one of the things that I found at a garage sale was um, My Name's Shirley. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, Shirley, her, her very yeah. first biography. Where she was a uh, Marilyn Monroe's roommate. And it was one of the... It, it's saucy. It is, it is a saucy, tawdry biography. She I really liked... She really liked to, to kiss and tell... And bitch and tell. And I know tell her and Marlon tell. Brando had many 
they were, were it, super close. So my favorite was, um, and I'm trying to remember, somebody said, I want a Shelly Winters type to play my mom. And for some reason, the producers of the movie, like, f- would not just give her the role. And, and so they made her come in and audition for it. So she comes uh-huh. in wearing, like, just everyday fucking clothes with this big bag. And she sits at the table. And they're like, well, da-da-da-da-da, you know, here, you want to audition? And are you think you're ready to do it? And she goes, yeah, sure, I'm ready. And she looks at them. And she goes, <clears throat> and she pulls out a fucking Oscar. And she puts it on the table. And she looks at them. I wonder if it was a patch of blue. She's really good in that. She's and, terrifying. And then she pulls out another fucking Oscar and puts it on the table. And she's like, yes, I think I can do this because I'm a fucking actor. Oh, my God. And then, That's amazing. <laughs> and then they gave her the job. Oh, Shelly. Might have been. That sound. Yeah. It was, she, she was playing movie. somebody's mom. So, I mean, it was she's really late. It might be in a patch of blue. A patch of blue is... A heartbreaking movie to watch. It's about this blind girl who is allowed to go out to the park and make jewelry sometimes that she makes by touch. And her meets uh, and there's a man that helps her because he sees that she's dropped the jewel the beads and that she's blind and they become friends. But she's blind and she doesn't know he's black. black. And her mother does not want her hanging around with a black man. It's um Sidney Poitier who. I would totally let my kids hang out. Yeah. He's awesome. But nonetheless, and Shelley Winters is this old, angry, drunk, yeah. racist yeah. bitch. You know, it's and so it's, funny because it's she's... a really hard movie to watch because yeah. it is a tragedy, but she's so good in it. Yeah. She's, you know, and it was funny because when she first started out, she was playing these complete tarts and they they all oh, they yeah, wanted yeah. her to be is the blonde bombshell uh-huh. and uh you know then she just started getting these roles where they started either uglying her up so she could play like you know she had to prove too yeah that, uh the one that i've always wanted to see and somehow never have is um oh the a mo- place in the sun a place in the sun oh my god you can't even look at that movie oh Montgomery Clift, Elizabeth Taylor, and Chad And Winters. Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor are so, so beautiful in yeah. that movie. They just shine off the screen. Shelley Winters is only in it for a bit. Yeah, she's because, a small character. Yeah, well, she's the woman that, he doesn't he, he gets her pregnant, doesn't he? She gets pregnant by Montgomery Clift, who has not yet met rich, young, and available Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And she's the plain girl that he leaves behind, and he ends up murdering her. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And she fought hard to get that role. But yeah. It, anyway, but yes. Yeah. Any more and actions? she... I think she suffered a lot in her life because she took that role. Because she was... Had to play this really drab, dowdy yeah. character. And be on the set with, I believe, 17-year-old Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Who was just stunning. And, yeah, tiny, yeah. tiny and Tiny and stunning and perfect. And yeah. and, yeah, that can take a toll. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood. I don't, ugh, I don't know how people yeah. do L.A. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else have I got? I've got... Um, John Carpenter film, Prince of Darkness. Oh, yeah. That movie scares the pants off me. I can hardly watch it. Um... It's got one of the guys from Brooklyn Nine-Nine in it. The guy that plays 
Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. Is in it when he's very young. Um, it's a bunch of scientists go to an old church, church to investigate some weird time anomalies, and it does not get, go well. It's true. Turns out, <laughs> the devil. There was a screening of it a few years ago in L.A. where they showed it in that church. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, oh, why don't I have a good job? I would fly down for that. <laughs> anyway, so I've got Prince of Darkness. You got anything else? Nope, I'm good. I think it's a nice, uh, nice, goodly length I've episode. Got, yeah, I've got a couple of other things, but they're probably things I've mentioned before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, fantastic episode. Lovely talking to you. And uh, speak with you all in two weeks. Hey. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com. On Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>